Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas Season 9. We have another amazing guest today on the show. His name is Joshua Schultz. And if you guys have not heard of him, you're going to learn a lot more after this interview. Joshua Schultz started out his career as a photographer, taking photos of musicians, actors, models, and anyone else he could work with. He always aspired to be a director. He has photographed for such publications as Rolling Stone Magazine, Elle, Billboard, etc. He's done a lot of great artistry, you guys, and I've had a chance to see his website. It's amazing, but a lot of the amazing people he's worked with. He has saw photography as one place he could learn directing. Now moving into the world of film, making, he hopes to tell unique, interesting stories. Um, today, he spends most of his time directing and planning and shooting for his upcoming fine art photography series. And I'm just so excited to have someone who I admire. And I think he has an amazing, illustrious career. Mr. Joshua Schultz is here on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here. Of course, it's uh, my honor. Well, the honor is mine. I love talking to people who are just so creative and like I said, I've seen some of your work and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, if I ever wanted to be a photographer, I would definitely have to get with you to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's super fun. It's just a, also a very expensive hobby. Oh, yeah. It, it would have to become a career if I'm going to have to invest in that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I created some fun questions that I thought would help our listeners get to know you better. And then you can kind of tell us more about your career. And I wanted to kind of start off with my first one, which is, um, what does photography mean to you? If you can kind of define photography. Well, you know, you have your scientific aspect of it, which is, um, you know, you have digital or film that records a moment in the physical universe. Um, I think that's the like, you know, scientific tool aspect of it, but the art side of it is, um, you have this this medium where this tool allows you to kind of paint with light and you can utilize different aspects of art, you know, whether it's lighting, color, composition, to create an emotional impact or tell a story on your audience. And so photography outside of the scientific aspect of it is, uh, it's really painting with light. I like that. I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. And I think with photography as well, like you said, with lighting, that plays a huge role. I remember watching a lot of different shows on television. I know reality TV is a lot different than, of course, what we see in the real modeling world. But I remember people saying, make sure you you find your light or you catch the light or you have to be aware of that. And then also being an extra in movies when I was younger, I remember of like, us shooting like at five six o'clock in the morning and they're like we have to hurry up before we lose our light and I just remember that being something I heard a lot of and especially in the entertainment industry oh yeah I mean your whole everything is dictated by light you know the best light in the world is is natural light but um you can obviously get very expensive nice lights and uh manipulate also what you need lighting wise with those Okay, so this kind of goes into my next question for you. I wanted to know when you go out for a shoot, 
do you take like any specific essential items with you other than like a camera lens? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it depends on what I plan on shooting, but a lot of times I bring a digital camera, a film camera, a flash, and then there's a light called a strobe, which is um, a bigger light that um, flashes or strobes. Um, and, you know, my film cameras. Um, but it really depends. I mean, the last photo shoot I did, I just brought my digital camera and a flash. And but the one before that, I had, you know, studio lights, flash, digital film, different types of film, uh, reflectors. Um, but uh, kind of have to think of it like like baking, you know, all of these different things are just the ingredients that help me bake the type of cake that I want to make. See, now you speak in my language now, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I just was um, interviewing someone and we were talking about like baking and I told him how much I enjoyed it. And I actually sent her one of my recipes. So, I mean, food is something I love. Food. Amazing. I love eating food. <laughs> I love baking and cooking. So I feel like that's, it's a labor of love, which is very similar to your career of what goes into a lot of like the post-production processing for a lot of things so do you mind kind of telling me maybe you can give me more insight what kind of tools do you use for like post-processing uh well for digital i I use photoshop and uh lightroom um you know and then for film um either you develop the film yourself or you go to a lab and you get your film developed and then scanned into digital files and then um, a lot of times with film, I, I don't do anything to it in Photoshop, but then sometimes, um, you know, if I want to alter it more then I, I go in there because a lot of labs will give you a sort of um, flat image so that you can add your contrast and your colors and stuff like that. Because even though I feel like some people attack photoshop they i find that most of those people don't they're not artists um and so they don't understand um and maybe they're really attacking like somebody lying and and manipulating but as a photographer um a lot of your art is made in editing you know you could take a great photo make it look terrible you could make a terrible well it's not as easy to make a terrible photo look great but how you change your colors and your contrast and your lighting um is kind of like those last paint strokes you know i do know what you mean and it's kind of like that new you know craze that we've seen with the is it linza i think was the name of it the app oh i don't know i think that's what it's called i think it's linza but a lot of people were like um, it's like AI kind of intelligence kind of thing where you saw pictures were being... Oh, yeah. Where people can give the information and uh, it'll do stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of conversations right now, even in the photography community, about what AI is going to do to the editing world. Um, but I think that you can't take the spirit out of art, you know? So, like... The AI is really someone coding and programming something to do something. Um, but, and it could make things look generically pretty, but you're still always going to need 
a person who will make art. Um, but yeah, anyway, because I've, I've been getting ads of like, sign up to this website and it'll learn your editing style and then duplicate it. And it's like, well, that's dumb because my style changes every photo shoot. Depends what I'm feeling, you know, uh, right. the wavelength, the connection with the person, um, the temperature, the wind, you know what I mean? Like all of these things are factors into the emotional response I feel in it. And so um, a computer is going to be able to do so much. I mean, you can even look at that uh, with the film and digital, you know, um, there's things that film does that digital has never been able to duplicate because it's a physical imprint of the physical universe on a physical thing, as opposed to zeros and ones guessing what the human eye sees. Oh, I love how you explain it. I feel like that's a great way of just kind of expressing, even like with the modeling world, if I kind of segue it to that, like a lot of times you'll see, you know, how models are able to convey something on the runway versus just in print work and just the energy that you receive from the photographer or from the audience, I feel like it can be very similar to like you said, filmmaking versus like an AI being able to recreate something because there's a magic. There's something you feel when you're connected with someone and you're actually breathing and talking and sharing and, and collaborating together, which I think is a lot different than if you're just sitting behind the screen and, you know, doing something different. Yeah. It's funny you bring up models because that's another subject that has been really misunderstood and being a photographer at first I was like, models jobs are so easy. They just look pretty. And then working with people that are not professional models and then working with professional models, I realized professional models are, they're pro for a reason because they, they know all the little tiny nuanced details. There's so much technology behind modeling that they bring that to the lens and they just make my job so much easier. You know, I can work with a non-model. It'll take me eight hours to get one photo that looks good. And I can work with a pro model and every shot is amazing. And it gets to the point where it's like, okay. In fact, I was recently in Texas and I had a, I shot 14 videos and I had two professional models come in for one of the last ones. And I just took a deep breath. I'm like, Oh my God, my whole life just got so much easier. Um, but again, it's just one of those things I think where there's um, misunderstanding. So it gets attacked. I agree with you. And I feel like there's room at the table for different types of exploration and sharing that experience as an artist. And I feel like, as you said, a model, especially someone who's professional, you, you get what you pay for in those careers for sure. Yeah. So I love that. So Josh, quick uh, question for you. What is one of your biggest pet peeves? Um, I guess it would be, um, enforced opinions from somebody that doesn't understand, although I guess that's too vague. Um, I guess enforcing someone else's point of view on you, like, especially with how it relates to art. Like I remember I, I've mem- I mentored a few artists and I remember meeting a few people that mentoring other artists and they were trying to make that artist into their mold. And um, that's like, everyone's got their own unique voice. And 
So when I mentor somebody, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how to be an artist. I'll help you with the, the tools and the technology and help steer you in the right direction. But you need to create what's true to you, what resonates with you, what you personally love, um, and find your voice. I can't give you my voice because then that's, you're not being an artist. You know, you're just a clone. And a lot of times audiences subconsciously can feel when something isn't true art, you know, it doesn't register as truth to them. So they aren't interested. You know, that's the problem when somebody does something cool and a bunch of people try to duplicate it. If they don't put their own spin and their own voice on it, then there's no emotional response, you know? And so, um, I guess like that, like trying to tell somebody how to be an artist. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I think what my pet peeves have kind of shifted. I think one big one for me is like in a text message when someone uses just the letter K. That is like a, a big <laughs> So <one>. passive aggressive. <laughs> it is. I, I mean, it's something about that. Or like if someone writes in all caps, like, and I had an old boss long, long, long time ago. And she wrote a message in red in all caps. And it just like was just too much for me to handle. I was like, this is just so aggressive. And yeah. And I explained to her later and she still didn't get it. She was like, I was just making a point. I'm like, no, but this is why text messaging and emailing is so you have to be so careful and I'm I try to always explain like if someone doesn't understand something I'd rather explain it by phone or have someone just directly ask me so I can explain because that I mean it can be misread so many different ways but I guess those are my two major ones now but when I was younger it was like um someone who would ask you if they had time to speak and then you let them share and then they go on for hours and or for a long period and don't let you get a word in i was like oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that reminds me of another pet peeve which is when someone says we need to talk but then they don't have time to talk and it, oh yes that's a big one <laughs> and it's like this dirty trap where they just make you feel terrible and then you just sit in this terribleness until they have time it's like either tell me now or don't tell me we need to talk. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of mean. Right. Or even a bigger one, like the, you remember when you did that at this date at this time, I'm still mad about that. I don't remember who I was last week. I don't remember what I did (laughs) (laughs) 10 years ago. Like really we going 10 years ago when I was sitting here, I'm colorblind. I don't even know what color I was wearing. So what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's so funny, but I think, that's just another example of, you know, how we mature in life and we go through experiences and we, we can gain a lot from that. Cause then you know what you will and will not accept um, in your career and in your life and whatever facet of the, of your life you you're in, you can kind of stand your ground and be able to set boundaries. And I know in your career, that has to be, you know, big stress, you know, dealing with different personalities, um, different experiences. Um, do you mind telling me, um, what has been one, one of the most challenging either production problems you faced and how did you learn how to solve that if it was something that you were struggling with on, either in post-production or um, pre-production or in the actual production? Uh, that is a good question. There has been so many incredible heart-wrenching challenges but I think 
that that's the key to success is the person that takes on the hard challenges and overcomes them, keeps advancing on to the next level. Um, but, you know, technically, like, I'll run into problems and, you know, then I learn each set. You know, like, I remember one of my first photo shoots I did, I photographed this girl. I had, like, hair and makeup stylist, friends come out and help, lighting people. And eight hours later, I accidentally formatted the memory card, which means it erased everything. Um, and, you know, I freaked out. And so I ended up just continuing to shoot her after that. And so we only had photos from after it erased. And, um, and so from then on, I always double check, you know what I mean? Like check my equipment, check my memory cards. Um, I'm just very aware of that. That's never happened since, thank God. Um, and, uh, but th- there's, ch- there's a lot of challenges that you face as an artist that no one told me. For example, I remember when I was in LA, I was like a kind of a social guy. I would throw parties. A lot of people would come. I had a lot of friends. And then I decided to become an artist. And, you know, a lot of my friends were like, oh, that's great. Awesome. We support you. And then all of a sudden my career started to do really well. And I started to blow up. And then I started shooting, you know, for big magazines and the biggest rock stars in the world and big actors and, you know, this and that. And all of a sudden um, I started getting not only heavily attacked, there was like rumors going around about me. I was losing friends all over the place. I think I lost like 90% of my friends and I was so confused and sort of blindsided. And, um, and I felt, like I must've done something wrong and I felt really alone in the feeling. And so I, I had the advantage that I was photographing a lot of celebrities. So I started telling some of them the story and they laughed and they were like, that just means you are making it as an artist. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, you hear this, this theory of haters or attackers or whatever. He said, there's this phenomenon where as an artist, when you grow, you know, you are now in the public eye and there's, you know, the majority of people are good, but there are bad people out there and people have trauma and they respond to situations in life in different ways. You know, a good sane person responds to positivity in a positive way, but maybe somebody is heavily traumatized and really down there. They might respond to positivity in a negative way. It's like if you've ever told someone good news and then they, they react really bad to that, you know? Um, And so every time I would go through this moment where I'd have a lot of success as an artist, I'd get these new attacks. And it was um, so hard to overcome. But as the years go on, you sort of get used to it. And um, the more artists that I meet that, you know, have been around and done big things, they have their own stories and a lot of times they're much worse than my story. So it makes me feel not so alone. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And Josh, like in my career as well as a counselor, I've experienced a lot of that as well as you continue to elevate and do different things in your career. 
um, and you start making moves, you can sometimes have that experience. And it doesn't mean that you believe you're better than anyone, because that's definitely not any thought in my mind. I've always been about helping others and we can all win together and do things. But you have to remember when you elevate and you start to make these, these strides in your, your life, that not everyone was meant to be on the next road with you. And so it doesn't mean that you've lost them. They just haven't found you. Yeah. And it took me many years until I realized that when they think, say things like you think you're better than me, they don't actually think that what reality is, is it's their issue. They, it's their insecurity. It's their trauma. It's their problem. Um, and so it makes me not take it so personally every time, you know, I mean, I, one, one way that would elevate pain when I would be attacked is I would talk to other artists that were very successful and we would, we would share ridiculous stories and laugh about it. And the laughing was healing. You know, you realize how ridiculous it is. Um, And then you realize that like, that's also just part of the game. If you want to be a successful artist, you're going to get attacked. I mean, there's so many different people that talk about it. And um, that's because, you know, humans have trauma and jealousy and we're very, uh, flawed people, but we're also very loving and beautiful people. I also try to respond to things without being reactive. Like I remember I had somebody, you know, respond to me in a negative way and I just talked to them and by talking to them enough and sort of embracing it with love and understanding, um, eventually they admitted they were wrong, which I wasn't even trying to make them do. I was just trying to have more empathy and understand what was going on with them. They cried um, and they saw what was going on and they decided to make a change. And, um, you know, it set them on a much better path. But like, at the end of the day, we're all just humans trying to survive. You know, we all got trauma and upsets and insecurities and jealousy. Like there's all of these characters inside of us. And um, I find that the more you sort of, approach life with love um, the, and, and positivity, the more not only do you start seeing it everywhere because the world is filled with so many good people doing amazing things and being so kind and helping each other. And there's so much beauty everywhere, but you also start changing your own perspective and your own sort of bubble around you where you become a much happier person. I love that explanation, Josh. And I think well, as you mentioned about choosing, you know, how we show up in this world and, and the people we surround ourselves with, if you almost related to like being on stage and you get to choose, are you going to be one of the starring roles in your own narrative of your life? Or are you going to be someone in the background who's shining a light on someone else? And so I feel like there's a way where you can do both. You can still uplift someone who's going through challenges and who are trying to find themselves and to make differences. And you can still be, you know, have a healthy ego and be able to love yourself and be able to talk and share your experiences with others in a positive, productive way. Yeah, exactly. And I think like in a world that has a plethora of attacks and opinions, and that obviously is not resolving the problem. You know, one thing that I learned in my physics class is like something is truth when it works, you know, and if it doesn't work, then um, they abandon it. And so I, a little bit of my physics, I bring to my life and to my photography, but it's like, 
you know, if we're attacking each other and there's all this hate and the world isn't getting better, then maybe that's the wrong formula. Like maybe, maybe we need to approach things with a lot more love um, and, and listen and communication and, um, um, you know, I mean, just another side note, like when I was younger, I used to think that happiness came from accomplishments. And so I worked my butt off and I started having these big accomplishments. I was photographing, uh, you know, I got into photographing bands and I was like, I want to shoot the biggest bands in the world. And then I started shooting the biggest bands in the world. And I started getting in a Rolling Stone and I started, you know, seeing a celebrity on TV. And then a week later, I'd be photographing them. And then um, I got into music videos and then I had seven music videos become number one trending in the world on YouTube. And then I wasn't happy. And over time I started learning that um, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So setting your life up in a way that you enjoy life, you um, create beautiful, meaningful memories with people that, you know, you love and they love you. And I realized that was the most valuable thing in the world. I mean, I would get the opportunity to talk to billionaires sometimes and like, they weren't happy. And so then you talk to somebody who's got friends that love them and they love them and, you know, they care about each other and they're having these great adventures and creating beautiful memories. And it's like, that's the happiest freaking guy I've ever met, you know? And so uh, the new structure of my life is like, I, I'm madly in love with what I do. That's why I do it. Um, and obviously I want to be the, you know, one of the top in my industry, but I also invest a lot more time in trying to, you know, live life with love and make time for people that um, uh, are in my life, which ironically the last few months hasn't been the case, but I've been working so much, but I hope when I move back to LA, you know, I could start up that, part of my life like one of my weird fantasies in life is having friendships like the like the tv show friends you know where people just talk to each other every day and they're just involved in each other's lives and um and that's a lot harder to do in your late uh 30s and you know in your 40s because of life but you know it's one of my my other goals i want to accomplish well, I have this this for you. I can be your channeler to your joy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Chandler is like the best character too. I know. That's why we all had to choose them. I mean, that's one of my favorites. That was that was a show I used to watch growing up all the time. And I love slapstick comedy. I mean, that's just something that I just admire. And so I, I do agree with you. Like I said, as we get older, I'm in my late 30s and I know how hard life shifts for you and we all have responsibilities and things to take care of but like you said being a listening ear being empathetic showing our heart to others you know I think that helps to build a rapport and then people can connect with you in a different way and so I I totally yeah that's awesome yeah and that's uh and honestly the the more that I find balance and happiness in my life the better my art becomes. It's funny. There used to be this false idea that to be a good artist, you know, you have to be damaged and tortured. And that's just another blatant lie, probably made up by somebody who wasn't an artist. Um, you know, just another misconception is to be a good artist, you have to be weird. So anything you make that's weird is art. That's not art. Um, I find the more sane and happy and great people I have in my life, the more inspired I am and the better my art gets. Um, and so anyway, yeah. 
feel like we're going on a tangent. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> but I think it's important. I think you're speaking a lot of truth that people need to hear. And I feel like we have to take care of ourselves. And when you do take care of you, you can build those genuine bonds and you, you know the right people to surround yourself with over time. But I do want to ask you a question about COVID-19 because I know all of us have been affected in different ways. Um, how did you remain creative and still have that drive and zeal to release amazing you know, productions and artwork and, and you know, your photography? How did you keep that momentum during the pandemic and since, the, of course, a lot of what we saw in 2019 and 2020, um, how have you been able to stay afloat? Um, well, so ironically, right before COVID hit, I was 300 pounds and I had decided that I wanted to change my life and make my health my top priority. And so I got a trainer and I started learning about working out and diets and I, I started that journey and about, I think I'd lost about 50 pounds and then the pandemic hit and I was kind of like, awesome. Like I don't have to work. I could just work out full time. And, um, uh, that became kind of hard because they shut all the gyms down. I ended up having to uh, try to find gym equipment because gym equipment was like sold out all over California. Um, but, you know, I found ways and I ended up losing over 100 pounds during the pandemic. And then um, once we were allowed to, because California, I don't know where you're located, but California was pretty intense with the lockdown. I think it was the most intense of all the states um and the longest um so for example in 2019 i think i did like 80 music videos and then when the pandemic hit i did like zero music videos 2020 2021 2022 um it took forever for things to open up because um um california i think I think during the pandemic, 40% of all small businesses were destroyed. So it was pretty like catastrophic. Um, and so during the pandemic, I realized that I could drive to national parks and there'd be no traffic and there would be no humans around. So I can go in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, and I'm being safe and following all the rules or whatever. And, um, and I had, been studying film photography and landscape and been wanting to get into fine art photography. And so I started driving around and like, you know, getting to Yosemite at like three in the morning, you know, to watch the sunrise. And um, I traveled uh, across the U S to Florida and back and I photographed fine art and I started selling fine art um, kind of around the world. And so I kind of sort I ended up supporting myself through my fine art and I ended up making more money doing my fine art than any of my celebrity photography. Um, which is funny because I also enjoyed it so much more, you know, you get to go out into beautiful nature and create beautiful art and then people get to buy it and enjoy it all over the world. And you don't have to deal with the politics of, you know, labels and publicists and, this and that it's just you and mother nature um and that's now something i'm gonna do for the rest of my life i just i'm still selling 
I just sold two pieces last week and the pieces got here and I unraveled them to sign them. And it was like emotional. I didn't want to get rid of them because they were so beautiful. (laughs) I want to keep them every time. And then I had to ship them off to Texas. Um, But then it gives me pleasure knowing that, you know, someone in Texas has this huge picture hanging in their living room and they get to have a piece of that joy and, you know, from the art that I created, but anyway, yeah, so mainly fine art. Um, but it was tough. Um, I <clears throat> only started booking music videos again. So that was what February, no, March, 2020. So it killed my music videos until February of this year. Wow. My first music video. And I did between February and August. But, you know, nothing. And a lot of people I have been talking to in L.A. of my friends are still not getting work. So I really pray that that industry um, really opens back up in L.A., you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in Louisiana. And so we had a lot of changes. But I at that time, I was working in a residential facility. And so that was really difficult because we couldn't take a lot of people from across the world who were coming into our facility. So that made it really hard. And then later on, I started working in a hospital. And so I had over six years of hospital experience. And so going back into the hospital setting was very scary um, because of my pre-existing condition with asthma. And I was like, I really am very scared, but I did as best that I could. And the funniest thing was I actually worked in a hospital that was taking the majority of COVID clients. And I had no idea before I signed the paper. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be a a great lesson, but I learned a lot. And I'm so glad I chose to do that because you really had an opportunity to see people who were going through a lot of challenges and you were there to support their families as well. So it was, it was a great experience, but I learned a lot. Oh, wow. Well, that's also another interesting point is, um one way I get through problems is I compare my problem to other problems and it makes my problem seem smaller so like I just got knee surgery and I had like last week was like one of the most painful weeks of my life and then um you know and then I went online and I saw somebody who was a TikTok star that just died of cancer and I saw somebody else that lost both their legs. And I talked to a girl last night who also just had surgery and she's been in recovery for nine weeks. And, um, she gave me some beautiful tips and, um, but like, that's the other thing I realized as an adult is everyone is going through it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if you're having a tough day or you lose it on somebody, you got to remember that like, you don't know what they're going through and they're trying to survive too, you know? Um, uh, which changes my perspective in road rage because when I was younger, I used to get uh, upset. And now I'm just like, you know, you don't know what happened right before this incident, you know, they might've like, you know, something really terrible might've happened. And uh, it just gives me a little bit more empathy, you know, for others. Absolutely. And I think you're talking about, before I go to my next question, was it an 18 year old that had passed away? Yeah. Yes. I had seen an article on, I think it was Yahoo News and I was just so heartbroken 
because it reminded me when I heard that, it reminded me of my friend who had died at 15. And I'll just never forget him, you know, being diagnosed with leukemia and going through all the challenges he faced. And he's someone who's been always an inspiration in my life. And so since I was younger till now, I always said if I started to do things, I dedicated one of my books to him, you know, because he was such a great human being. And he was one of my best friends, like growing up. And we didn't stay that far away from each other. I didn't even know we were on like a whole nother block away until um, I was like, hey, and he invited me to my first party when I was a kid. So it was like, it was great experiences that I remembered with him. And so I've always wanted to, you know, to shine his light because he wasn't given the opportunity I have. And so I try to make the most of everything because, I mean, he, he was a huge inspiration to a lot of us. And we our lives would change after that day. So like you said, Wow. You know, losing people and, and going through experiences, it can help either create barriers or it can help you build and, and you can use it as building blocks to move forward. Yeah. You know, one thing I realized, because I remember when the first person uh, that was very close to me passed away. Uh, in fact, she kind of got in the industry with me and, you know, we were kind of cheering each other on and she unfortunately passed away. Um, I... I had to ask myself some questions, you know, you ask yourself questions about life and how do you deal with um, grieving? And um, one thing that I made a deal with myself is like, I'm going to live my life even harder and go after my goals even more in her honor. You know what I mean? And it puts more of a positive, constructive spin on it. You know, Um, I think that's also that, idea too of embracing things with love you know absolutely josh and thank you for sharing that i would like to dedicate this episode to your friend and mine i feel like it's it's a great way to kind of before we end i think it'd be great to dedicate it to them because you know they really have helped reshape who we are as human beings and i feel like i never want to lose sight of those people so my friend's name was wesley um great human being so i definitely want to dedicate part of this episode to him amazing that's a good name yeah i was like man why can't i get that name but i got jerry so i'll, I'll go with it <laughs> <laughs> it's okay when, when i was a kid i used to hate josh and then as i got older i was like ah it's not that bad i tell you i prefer josh than jerry <laughs> jerry cool it's so unique like you know, now that I'm older, I feel like every other guy I meet's name is Josh. And I'm like, there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not another Josh Schultz. Like, let's be let's be clear on that. <laughs> oh, there, there are because they find me on Instagram and they're like, hey, we have the same name. <laughs> there's even a I think when I started, there was a photographer with my exact spelling, too. And I was like, that would be a problem. But. I don't think it ended up being a problem, so. I got you. But as I repeat, there's only one Josh Schultz that I know who's doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> so. Good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a fun question I ask all my guests on the show. Uh-huh. If you wouldn't mind telling me, what's one thing that you would tell your younger self if you had the opportunity to speak to young Josh? Um, don't take things so seriously. And I would teach myself 
about the hater situation. So, you know, I'd be like, you're going to do well. And when you are, some bad people aren't going to like that. And they're going to try to take it away from you. And you need to ignore them, sidestep them, and move forward. I love that. And I feel like that's going to, that's something that many young kids need to hear. And sometimes even adults, as we get older, we, we sometimes lose sight of that. But I think especially for younger kids and, and when you and I grew up, you know, the internet wasn't where it is now. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely shifted in how people are able to, you know, hide behind, you know, a profile and say things that are mean and nasty or not be able to have empathy the same way, you know, or be direct about certain things um, that we've seen. And it's led to a lot of unfortunate um, pleading of suicide or people who have, you know, switched to using drugs and alcohol as a means to deal with, with their stress. And so I really am just very grateful for you to share that because I think it's going to help us all to kind of do a lot of introspective work into who we are and the way we present, but then also who we surround ourselves with and the boundaries we can set when we do meet people who are saying things that may be hurtful, that we have a right to stand up and be assertive and say that it's not okay for it to continue. Yeah, I love that. Lead with love. I love that. That's a great country song we can make. <laughs> <laughs> love is all you need. <laughs> so the last two questions I have for you, Josh, I'm going to combine these last two. So the first one um, is, do you mind letting our listeners know where can they find you online? And the second part of that question, if you don't mind sharing with us, if there's anything new that you have that you want to kind of, you know, give us the behind the scenes on things you're working on that's coming up soon. Uh. Well, you can find me. I have a website, joshuaschultz.com. I'm mostly I update Instagram, which is at Joshua Schultz. Um, but uh, right now I just finished editing 13 music videos. So I'm on the last two. But the one I'm the most excited about is a music video for a band called MXPX, which was uh, one of my favorite bands in high school. Um, so it's kind of cool that now I get to, uh, you know, direct a music video for them. Um, and they turn out to be, you know, really great guys. But other than that, the big thing that I'm working on is I'm writing the script for my movie, Americana. We released a short film, which you can find on YouTube, Americana. And then put my name, Joshua Schultz. Um, and uh, once it's written, you know, then we want to get ready to go and, um shoot that full movie and uh yeah so hopefully you guys will be hearing about that sometime soon i'm excited you know i'm gonna definitely support you writing has always been a passion and i actually wrote a short film myself i have not had it produced anything yet but i have i ended up writing one for one of my books that i wrote and i was like hey i want to make this into a short film and i was like hopefully one day i'll be able to get it out there and people will be able to see it and hear it and so that's always been a dream of mine. So I, I enjoy seeing people being creative and doing amazing things and following their dreams. I mean, that's that's what life is about, just going headfirst into situations and, and believing in yourself, too. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm excited to hear about uh, your short film as well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping one day I will get the right person, producer, everyone who wants to kind of, you know, get it out there. That's a future goal for sure. Um, but yeah, for the books, I've been able to kind of release that on my own independently, copyrighted it, figured it out on my own during the pandemic, figured a lot of things out and just started releasing and, and doing it on my own. And I feel like, you know, you just have to believe in yourself and you also have to just do the groundwork and you can be successful in your own right. Yeah, I love that. That's that thing we talked about earlier, like, you know, the secret success is overcoming all of those barriers. 100%, Josh. And like I said, you have, you really have enlightened me today. I feel like I've learned a lot more about you as a person, but I think you're going to help me to keep pushing forward the same way you say when you heard other people's stories and you're like, hey, you know what? I can still find joy in, in my life and some people may have it worse off than I do, but I feel like we learn so much through our connections that we build. And so you really have inspired me today to keep pushing and keep going as well. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's my honor. No problem, Josh. And thank you for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I really appreciate you, Josh, for being on Black Canvas. Um, I do have another show down the line. If you're ever interested in joining on that one, it's called Embracing Your Love Marks. And I'm a co-host on that show. We do it like once a month and we kind of invite guests on and kind of talk more in depth about their life, their experiences, how they've been able to work through traumas or issues that they may have had. And then we have fun. We, we play games at the end and just kind of get people to have more of a lighthearted fun time after sharing some deep, dark things they've gone through or experiences. So if you're ever interested in the future of kind of talking and sharing more about your journey and things you've gone through, I definitely would love to have you on in the future. Awesome. Yeah, just hit me up and uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. I appreciate it. Well, you get some rest, finish editing, and you know I'm here if you need me and I hope you have a great rest of your night. All right, you as well. All right, bye, Josh.